Teacher. Good morning. How are you today? Student. Good morning. I'm fine, thank you. How about you? Teacher. I'm great, thank you for asking. Today, I thought we could talk about something interesting. Shell necklaces. Have you ever heard of them before? Student. Yes, I've seen some people wearing them, but I don't know much about them. Teacher. That's wonderful. Shell necklaces are accessories made from seashells. People have been making and wearing them for thousands of years. They can be beautiful and unique. Would you like to learn more about them? Student. Yes, please. How are shell necklaces made? Teacher. Shell necklaces are made by carefully drilling holes into seashells and stringing them together using a strong and durable material, like a thread or thin rope. Sometimes, people also add beads or other decorative elements to make the necklace more attractive. Would you like to try making a simple one? Student. Yes, that sounds fun. How do we start? Teacher. First, we need some seashells. You can collect them if you live near a beach, or we can use some artificial shells. We'll also need a thin rope or thread, a needle, and some beads if you'd like to add them. Let's imagine we have all the materials, and I'll guide you through the process. Student. Okay, I'm ready. Teacher. Great. The first step is to choose your seashells. Look for ones that have a natural hole or a small opening, as it will make it easier to string them together. Now, take your needle and thread it with the rope. Remember, be careful with the sharp needle. Student. Got it. I'll be careful. Teacher. Wonderful. Now, gently insert the needle through the hole in the first shell, making sure it goes all the way through. Then, slide the shell down the thread, leaving a small loop at the top. This loop will be used to attach the necklace clasp later on. Can you try doing that? Student. I think I understand. Let me give it a try. There. I did it. Teacher. Excellent job. You're a natural. Now, let's continue adding more shells. Thread the needle through the second shell's hole and slide it down, making sure it's close to the first shell. Repeat this process until you have all the shells you want on your necklace. Student. I'm doing it. This is fun. Teacher. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Now, if you have any beads you'd like to add, you can string them onto the rope between the shells. Beads can add some color and variety to the necklace. You can choose different shapes, sizes, or colors. Would you like to add some beads to your necklace? Student. Yes, I have some small colorful beads. I'll add them. Teacher. That's a fantastic idea. Adding beads will make your necklace even more unique. Take your time and string the beads onto the rope between the shells. Once you're done, make sure to tie a knot at the end to secure everything in place. Student. I finished adding the beads, and I tied a knot at the end. Teacher. Perfect. Now, your shell necklace is complete. You can wear it or give it to someone as a gift. How does it look? Student. It looks really nice. I'm so proud of making it. Thank you for teaching me. Teacher. You're very welcome. I'm glad I could help. Making things with your hands can be a wonderful way to express creativity and practice patience. Plus, it's a great opportunity to learn new vocabulary and practice your English skills. If you have any questions or if there's anything else you'd like to learn, feel free to ask. Student. Thank you. I'll definitely ask if I have any more questions. This was a lot of fun. Teacher. Good morning. How are you today? Student. Good morning. I'm good, thank you. How about you? Teacher. I'm doing well, thank you for asking. Today, I thought we could learn about an interesting natural phenomenon called a tidal bore. Have you ever heard of it before? Student. No, I haven't. What is a tidal bore? Teacher. A tidal bore is a fascinating occurrence that happens in some rivers when the incoming tide forms a wave that travels upstream against the current. It creates a dramatic surge of water that moves in the opposite direction of the river's flow. It can be quite impressive to witness. Would you like to learn more about it? Student. Yes, please. How does a tidal bore form? Teacher. 
A tidal bore is formed when the tide from the ocean moves into a river mouth and starts to push against the river's natural flow. This push creates a wave that moves upstream. The wave gains momentum as it travels along the river, and it can grow in height and power. Tidal bores are usually more pronounced in rivers with a narrow channel and a large tidal range. Can you imagine what that might look like? Student. I think I understand. It's like a big wave going against the river's current. Teacher. Exactly. You're catching on quickly. Tidal bores can create a powerful surge of water that can change the river's landscape and affect the surrounding environment. They often attract surfers and people who enjoy watching this unique natural phenomenon. Student. Wow, that sounds amazing. Are there any famous tidal bores? Teacher. Yes, there are several famous tidal bores around the world. One of the most well-known is the Kuantang River Tidal Bore in China. It's known for its massive waves, sometimes reaching heights of up to 30 feet, 9 meters. People gather along the river banks to witness this impressive display of nature's power. There are also tidal bores in the Amazon River in Brazil and the Severn River in the United Kingdom. These are just a few examples. Student. I would love to see a tidal bore someday. Is it dangerous? Teacher. Tidal bores can be powerful, so it's important to be cautious and follow safety guidelines if you plan to witness one. For example, if you're going to watch a tidal bore, it's best to do so from a safe distance and avoid getting too close to the water. It's also important to listen to local authorities and experts who can provide information about the best viewing spots and the safest times to observe a tidal bore. Student. That makes sense. I will remember to stay safe if I ever get the chance to see one. Thank you for explaining all this to me. Teacher. You're welcome. I'm glad I could share this interesting topic with you. Learning about natural phenomena like tidal bores can expand our knowledge of the world around us. If you have any more questions or if there's anything else you'd like to learn, feel free to ask. Student. Thank you. I will definitely ask if I have more questions. This was really fascinating. Teacher. Good morning. How are you today? Student. Good morning. I'm good, thank you. How about you? Teacher. I'm doing well, thank you for asking. Today, I thought we could talk about something beautiful and fragrant. Roses. Have you ever seen or smelled a rose before? Student. Yes, I have seen roses in pictures, but I'm not sure about their characteristics. Teacher. That's great. Roses are lovely flowers that are known for their vibrant colors and delightful fragrance. They come in many different colors, such as red, pink, yellow, white, and even combinations of these colors. They are often used in bouquets, gardens, and for special occasions like weddings and anniversaries. Would you like to learn more about roses? Student. Yes, please. How are roses grown? Teacher. Roses can be grown in gardens or special places called rose gardens. They require sunlight, water, and nutrient-rich soil to grow. Many people enjoy taking care of roses as a hobby or as part of their gardening activities. There are different types of roses, such as hybrid teas, floribundas, and climbers. Each type has its own characteristics and growth habits. Can you imagine how beautiful a garden full of roses would be? Student. Yes, I can imagine. It must be very colorful and smell nice. Teacher. Absolutely. Roses add beauty and a pleasant fragrance to any garden. They also have different meanings and are often used to express emotions. For example, red roses are often associated with love and passion, while yellow roses can symbolize friendship and happiness. Do you have a favorite color? Student. I like pink roses. They look so pretty. Teacher. Pink roses are indeed lovely. They represent grace, admiration, and appreciation. Now, let's learn some useful vocabulary related to roses. The part of the rose that opens up and looks like a petal is called a rose petal. The long, thin part that supports the petal is called a stem. The thorny, protective parts on the stem are called thorns. The green part at the base of the stem is called a leaf. Can you repeat these words after me? Student. Rose petal, stem, thorns, leaf. Teacher. Excellent job. You pronounced them perfectly. 
Now, let's practice using these words in a sentence. Can you create a sentence using the word rose petal? Student. Sure. The rose petal is soft and fragrant. Teacher. Wonderful. That's a great sentence. Now, let's move on to another word. Can you create a sentence using the word thorns? Student. Be careful when touching the rose stem because it has thorns. Teacher. Fantastic. You used the word thorns correctly in your sentence. You're doing a great job. Roses have inspired poets and writers throughout history. They are often used as symbols of beauty and love in literature. Would you like to write a short poem or describe a rose using your own words? Student. Yes, I can try. The rose is a delicate flower, with petals so soft and pink. Its fragrance fills the air, and its beauty makes hearts think. Teacher. That's beautiful. You have a talent for writing. Your description captures the essence of a rose wonderfully. Keep practicing and exploring the English language through creative writing. If you have any more questions or if there's anything else you'd like to learn, feel free to ask. Student. Thank you. I will definitely ask if I have more questions. This was really interesting. Teacher. Good morning. How are you today? Student. Good morning. I'm fine, thank you. How about you? Teacher. I'm great, thank you for asking. Today, let's talk about something interesting and important. Temples. Have you ever been to a temple before or seen pictures of one? Student. Yes, I have seen pictures of temples, but I don't know much about them. Teacher. That's wonderful. Temples are sacred places of worship in many cultures and religions around the world. They are often beautifully designed and hold significant religious and cultural importance. Temples can be found in different shapes, sizes, and architectural styles. Would you like to learn more about temples? Student. Yes, please. How are temples used? Teacher. Temples are used for various religious and spiritual activities. People go to temples to pray, meditate, seek blessings, and connect with their beliefs and faith. Temples are often considered peaceful and serene places where individuals can find solace and guidance. Additionally, temples may host religious ceremonies, rituals, and festivals. These events bring communities together and strengthen cultural traditions. Can you imagine the atmosphere inside a temple? Student. Yes, I think it would be calm and peaceful. Teacher. Absolutely. Temples often have a serene and tranquil atmosphere, allowing people to reflect and find inner peace. They are adorned with beautiful decorations, sculptures, and artwork that depict religious figures, symbols, and stories. Now, let's learn some useful vocabulary related to temples. The tall, pointed structure on top of a temple is called a spire or steeple. The entrance to a temple is usually marked by a decorative gateway called a gate or entrance gate. The main hall where people gather for worship is called a sanctuary. Can you repeat these words after me? Student. Spire, steeple, gate, entrance gate, sanctuary. Teacher. Excellent job. Your pronunciation is great. Now, let's practice using these words in sentences. Can you create a sentence using the word spire? Student. The temple's spire reached high into the sky, shining in the sunlight. Teacher. Fantastic. You used the word spire correctly in your sentence. Now, let's try another word. Can you create a sentence using the word sanctuary? Student. The sanctuary of the temple was filled with people praying and seeking peace. Teacher. Well done. You used the word sanctuary perfectly in your sentence. Keep up the great work. Temples can have unique architectural features and designs depending on the cultural and religious traditions they belong to. Some famous temples include the Angkor Wat in Cambodia, the Taj Mahal in India, and the Parthenon in Greece. These temples attract tourists from around the world who admire their beauty and historical significance. If you ever get the chance to visit a temple, it can be a fascinating experience. Is there anything else you would like to know about temples? Student. Thank you. This was really interesting. Can you tell me more about the rituals or ceremonies that take place in temples? Teacher. Of course. 
Temples often have specific rituals and ceremonies that vary depending on the religion or culture they belong to. These rituals can include prayers, chanting, offering flowers, lighting candles or incense, and performing specific gestures or movements. They are conducted by religious leaders or priests and are meant to express devotion, gratitude, and reverence. The ceremonies may also involve reading or reciting sacred texts or scriptures. Temples are places where people can come together to engage in communal worship and strengthen their spiritual connections. Teacher. Good morning. How are you today? Student. Good morning. I'm good, thank you. How about you? Teacher. I'm doing well, thank you for asking. Today, I thought we could talk about a weather phenomenon that can have a big impact on our surroundings. Heavy rainfall. Have you ever experienced heavy rainfall or seen it in pictures? Student. Yes, I have seen heavy rainfall in pictures, but I don't know much about it. Teacher. That's great. Heavy rainfall occurs when there is an unusually large amount of rain falling in a short period of time. It can cause flooding, affect transportation, and impact the environment. Understanding heavy rainfall is important, especially in areas prone to such weather conditions. Would you like to learn more about it? Student. Yes, please. How does heavy rainfall happen? Teacher. Heavy rainfall is often associated with specific weather conditions. It can occur during thunderstorms, tropical storms, hurricanes, or even in areas with monsoon seasons. When warm, moist air rises into the atmosphere, it cools and condenses into clouds. These clouds can become so saturated with moisture that they release it as rain. When this process happens rapidly and over a large area, it results in heavy rainfall. Can you imagine how much rain can fall during heavy rainfall? Student. I think it would be a lot of rain falling all at once. Teacher. Exactly. During heavy rainfall, a significant amount of rain can fall within a short period of time. This can lead to overflowing rivers, flooded streets, and water accumulating in low-lying areas. Heavy rainfall can be both fascinating and challenging to deal with. Now, let's learn some useful vocabulary related to heavy rainfall. The water that falls from the sky during rainfall is called rain. When it rains a lot, we call it heavy rainfall or downpour. Can you repeat these words after me? Student. Rain, heavy rainfall, downpour. Teacher. Great job. Your pronunciation is excellent. Now, let's practice using these words in sentences. Can you create a sentence using the word rain? Student. I love the sound of rain falling outside my window. Teacher. Wonderful. Your sentence captures the beauty of rain perfectly. Now, let's try another word. Can you create a sentence using the word downpour? Student. We had to stay indoors because of the heavy downpour outside. Teacher. Fantastic. You used the word downpour correctly in your sentence. Keep up the great work. Heavy rainfall can have various impacts on our surroundings. It can replenish water sources, nourish plants, and fill up reservoirs. However, it can also cause floods, disrupt transportation, and pose risks to safety. It's important to stay informed about weather forecasts and follow safety instructions during heavy rainfall events. Is there anything else you would like to know about heavy rainfall? Student. Thank you. This was really interesting. Can you tell me more about the effects of heavy rainfall on the environment? Teacher. Absolutely. Heavy rainfall can have both positive and negative effects on the environment. On the positive side, heavy rainfall provides water to rivers, lakes, and underground water sources, which is crucial for the survival of aquatic plants and animals. It also helps replenish soil moisture, benefiting plants and agriculture. However, excessive rainfall can lead to soil erosion and the washing away of nutrients. It can also cause landslides, disrupt ecosystems, and harm wildlife habitats. It's important to find a balance and manage heavy rainfall to minimize its negative impacts. Teacher. Good morning. How are you today? Student. Good morning. I'm fine, thank you. How about you? Teacher. I'm doing well, thank you for asking. Today, let's talk about something interesting. Girlfriends. Have you heard this term before or know what it means? Student. 
Yes, I have heard the word girlfriend, but I'm not sure about its meaning. Teacher. That's great. A girlfriend is a term used to describe a female partner or companion in a romantic relationship. It's someone who you care about, spend time with, and have a special connection with. The word girlfriend is often used when someone is dating or in a committed relationship. Would you like to learn more about girlfriends? Student. Yes, please. Can you give me some examples of how to use the word girlfriend in a sentence? Teacher. Of course. Here are a few examples. Samantha is my girlfriend. We've been dating for six months. I'm going to the movies with my girlfriend tonight. Tom bought flowers for his girlfriend on their anniversary. These sentences show how the word girlfriend is used to refer to a person's romantic partner. Can you try making a sentence using the word girlfriend? Student. My friend has a girlfriend, and they often go out for dinner. Teacher. Excellent job. Your sentence is perfect. Now, let's learn some more vocabulary related to relationships. The term boyfriend is used to describe a male partner or companion in a romantic relationship. It is the counterpart to girlfriend. Another word you may come across is partner, which is a gender-neutral term used to describe someone you are in a romantic relationship with. Can you repeat these words after me? Student. Boyfriend. Partner. Teacher. Well done. You pronounced them perfectly. Now, let's practice using these words in sentences. Can you create a sentence using the word boyfriend? Student. Julia introduced her boyfriend to her parents for the first time. Teacher. Fantastic. Your sentence is great. Now, let's try using the word partner in a sentence. Student. Liam and Emma have been partners for many years, and they support each other in everything. Teacher. Wonderful. You used the word partner perfectly in your sentence. You're doing a fantastic job. Relationships, including having a girlfriend or a boyfriend, are a special part of people's lives. They involve love, care, and understanding between two individuals. It's important to communicate openly, respect each other, and build a strong foundation of trust in a relationship. Is there anything else you would like to know about girlfriends or relationships? Student. Thank you. This was really interesting. Can you tell me more about how to show care and understanding in a relationship? Teacher. Of course. In a relationship, it's important to listen to your partner and show empathy. This means understanding and sharing their feelings, thoughts, and experiences. You can also show care by doing small acts of kindness, such as giving them a thoughtful gift, helping them with their tasks, or simply spending quality time together. It's also crucial to communicate openly, express your feelings, and resolve conflicts through healthy discussions. Building a strong and caring relationship takes time and effort from both partners. Remember, it's important to be kind, respectful, and supportive of each other. Teacher. Good morning. How are you today? Student. Good morning. I'm good, thank you. How about you? Teacher. I'm doing well, thank you for asking. Today, let's explore a fascinating concept called tacit understanding. Have you heard of this term before or know what it means? Student. No, I haven't heard of it. What does tacit understanding mean? Teacher. That's great. Tacit understanding refers to a type of understanding that is not explicitly expressed or communicated through words. It's the ability to understand something without it being directly stated or explained. Tacit understanding often involves nonverbal cues, shared experiences, and a deep familiarity with a person or situation. Would you like to learn more about tacit understanding? Student. Yes, please. Can you give me an example of tacit understanding? Teacher. Certainly. Imagine you and your best friend have known each other for many years. You both understand each other so well that even without saying anything, you can tell what the other person is thinking or feeling. For example, if your friend is feeling sad, you can sense it without them having to tell you explicitly. That is an example of tacit understanding. It's like having a deep connection that allows you to understand each other's thoughts and emotions without the need for words. Can you think of any situations where you have experienced tacit understanding? Student. Sometimes, when I play sports with my teammates, we can understand each other without speaking. 
We know where to pass the ball or where to move without having to say it out loud. Teacher. That's a great example. In sports, teamwork often involves tacit understanding. Players develop an intuitive sense of each other's movements, strategies, and intentions, allowing them to work together seamlessly without verbal communication. Now, let's learn some vocabulary related to tacit understanding. The word tacit means understood or implied without being stated directly. It is often used to describe knowledge or understanding that is unspoken. Can you repeat the word tacit after me? Student. Tacit. Teacher. Excellent job. Your pronunciation is fantastic. Now, let's practice using the word in a sentence. Can you create a sentence using the word tacit? Student. There was a tacit agreement between the siblings that they would always support each other. Teacher. Wonderful. Your sentence demonstrates the correct usage of the word tacit. Well done. Tacit understanding can develop over time through shared experiences, close relationships, and continuous communication. It helps to foster stronger connections and a deeper level of understanding between individuals. Is there anything else you would like to know about tacit understanding? Student. Thank you. This was really interesting. Can you tell me more about how tacit understanding can be beneficial in different situations? Teacher. Certainly. Tacit understanding can be incredibly beneficial in various aspects of life. In personal relationships, it helps to strengthen bonds and create a sense of trust and intimacy. In professional settings, tacit understanding can improve teamwork and collaboration, allowing colleagues to work seamlessly towards common goals. It can also be valuable in cultural contexts, where unspoken social norms and expectations are understood by members of a particular community. Overall, tacit understanding enhances communication, empathy, and cooperation between people. Developing and nurturing tacit understanding can greatly improve relationships and create harmonious environments. Teacher. Good morning. How are you today? Student. Good morning. I'm good, thank you. How about you? Teacher. I'm doing well, thank you for asking. Today, let's talk about something exciting. Movies. Have you watched any movies recently or have a favorite movie? Student. Yes, I like watching movies, but I'm not sure what my favorite movie is. Teacher. That's great. Movies are a wonderful form of entertainment and storytelling. They can transport us to different worlds, make us laugh, cry, and think. Let's learn more about movies together. Are you familiar with different movie genres? Student. I think so, but I'm not sure about all of them. Teacher. No worries. I'll give you some examples, and you can tell me if you have heard of them before. We have genres like action, comedy, romance, horror, and science fiction. Have you heard of any of these genres? Student. Yes, I know action and comedy. I have heard those words before. Teacher. That's great. Action movies are full of exciting stunts, fights, and adventure. They often involve heroes and villains. On the other hand, comedy movies aim to make us laugh with funny situations and jokes. They can be lighthearted and entertaining. Now, let's learn some vocabulary related to movies. The word film is often used interchangeably with the word movie. It refers to a motion picture or a story that is captured on camera and is shown on a screen. Can you repeat the word film after me? Student. Film. Teacher. Excellent job. Your pronunciation is spot on. Now, let's practice using the word in a sentence. Can you create a sentence using the word film? Student. I watched a great film last night. It made me laugh a lot. Teacher. Wonderful. Your sentence is perfect. Now, let's talk about some famous movies. Have you heard of movies like Titanic? Harry Potter, or The Lion King? Student. Yes, I have heard of Titanic and Harry Potter. They are very popular movies. Teacher. That's right. Titanic is a romantic drama about a tragic event that happened on a ship. Harry Potter is a series of fantasy movies about a young wizard and his adventures. It's great that you are familiar with these movies. Can you think of any other movies you have enjoyed watching? Student. I liked Frozen. 
It's an animated movie with singing and magical characters. Teacher. Fantastic. Frozen is a wonderful animated movie with memorable songs and a heartwarming story. Now, let's practice some more vocabulary. The word actor is used to describe a person who performs in movies. Can you repeat the word actor after me? Student. Actor. Teacher. Perfect. Your pronunciation is excellent. Now, can you create a sentence using the word actor? Student. My favorite actor is Tom Hanks. He is a great performer. Teacher. Well done. Your sentence is perfect. Tom Hanks is indeed a talented actor. Now, let's discuss something interesting. Have you ever been to a movie theater? Student. Yes, I have been to a movie theater a few times. Teacher. That's wonderful. Going to a movie theater is a fun experience. You can watch movies on a big screen with comfortable seats and surround sound. Sometimes, they even offer snacks like popcorn and candy. It's a great way to enjoy movies with friends or family. Is there anything else you would like to know about movies? Student. Thank you. This was really interesting. Can you tell me more about how movies are made? Teacher. Of course. Making a movie involves many steps. First, there is a script, which is the written version of the story. Then, a director oversees the filming process and guides the actors and crew. They shoot different scenes using cameras and other equipment. After filming, the footage is edited, and music, sound effects, and special effects are added to create the final movie. It's a collaborative effort that involves many talented people. Watching movies is a great way to explore different stories, cultures, and emotions. It can also help improve your English language skills by listening to dialogues and practicing comprehension. Remember to have fun while watching movies and let yourself be transported into the world of storytelling. Teacher. Good morning. How are you today? Student. Good morning. I'm doing well, thank you. How about you? Teacher. I'm great, thank you for asking. Today, let's dive into a fascinating topic. Fishing. Have you ever been fishing or heard about it before? Student. Yes, I have heard about fishing, but I'm not sure how it works. Teacher. That's great. Fishing is a popular activity where people catch fish from rivers, lakes, or oceans using various methods. It can be a recreational hobby or a way to provide food for communities. Let's learn more about fishing together. Are you familiar with some fishing equipment or terms? Student. I think I have heard about fishing rods and hooks, but I'm not sure about other things. Teacher. That's a good start. A fishing rod is a long, flexible pole used to cast the fishing line into the water. It usually has a reel attached to it, which holds the fishing line. The fishing line is a strong, thin string that connects the rod to the hook. The hook is a curved piece of metal with a sharp point that catches the fish when they bite. These are some of the essential tools for fishing. Can you repeat the words after me? Fishing rod, fishing line, and hook. Student. Fishing rod, fishing line, and hook. Teacher. Excellent job. Your pronunciation is perfect. Now, let's practice using these words in sentences. Can you create a sentence using the word fishing rod? Student. My dad taught me how to use a fishing rod when we went fishing together. Teacher. Wonderful. Your sentence is great. Now, let's learn some more vocabulary related to fishing. The word bait refers to something attractive, like food or an artificial lure, that is used to entice the fish to bite the hook. Can you repeat the word bait after me? Student. Bait. Teacher. Well done. You pronounced it perfectly. Now, can you create a sentence using the word bait? Student. We used worms as bait to catch fish. Teacher. Fantastic. Your sentence is spot on. Worms are commonly used as bait in fishing. Now, let's discuss some fishing techniques. One method is called casting. It involves throwing the fishing line and bait into the water, hoping to attract fish. Another technique is trolling, where a fishing line with bait or lures is pulled slowly behind a moving boat. This allows the bait or lures to move through the water and attract fish. These techniques can vary depending on the type of fish you want to catch and the fishing location.
Is there anything else you would like to know about fishing? Student. Thank you. This was really interesting. Can you tell me more about the different types of fish that people can catch? Teacher. Of course. There are many different types of fish that people can catch, depending on the location and the water body. Some common fish species include trout, bass, salmon, catfish, and perch. Each type of fish has its own characteristics, habitat, and behavior. For example, trout are often found in cold rivers and lakes, while catfish prefer warmer waters. People may have specific preferences for the type of fish they want to catch, as each species can offer a unique fishing experience. Exploring different types of fish and their habitats can be a fascinating aspect of fishing. Remember to check local fishing regulations and practice responsible fishing to help preserve fish populations and their habitats. Teacher. Good morning. How are you today? Student. Good morning. I'm doing well, thank you. How about you? Teacher. I'm great, thank you for asking. Today, let's talk about a fun activity. Bike riding. Have you ever ridden a bike or heard about it before? Student. Yes, I have ridden a bike before, but I'm not very confident. Teacher. That's okay. Bike riding can be a bit challenging at first, but with practice, it becomes easier and more enjoyable. Let's learn more about bike riding together. Are you familiar with some bike parts or terms? Student. I know there's a seat, handlebars, and wheels, but I'm not sure about other parts. Teacher. That's a good start. The seat is where you sit when riding a bike, and the handlebars are what you hold onto for steering. The wheels help you move forward and maintain balance. There are also pedals that you use to make the bike move. These are some of the essential parts of a bike. Can you repeat the words after me? Seat, handlebars, wheels, and pedals. Student. Seat, handlebars, wheels, and pedals. Teacher. Excellent job. Your pronunciation is perfect. Now, let's practice using these words in sentences. Can you create a sentence using the word handlebars? Student. I hold on to the handlebars to steer the bike. Teacher. Wonderful. Your sentence is great. Now, let's learn some more vocabulary related to bike riding. The word helmet refers to a protective headgear that you wear when riding a bike. It helps protect your head in case of accidents or falls. Can you repeat the word helmet after me? Student. Helmet. Teacher. Well done. Your pronunciation is spot on. Now, can you create a sentence using the word helmet? Student. It's important to wear a helmet for safety while riding a bike. Teacher. Fantastic. Your sentence is perfect. Wearing a helmet is indeed crucial to ensure your safety while riding a bike. Now, let's discuss some bike riding tips. It's essential to start by finding a safe and open space to practice, such as an empty parking lot or a quiet street. Make sure to sit on the bike with your feet on the ground and hold the handlebars firmly. When you're ready, start pedaling gently, and gradually build up your speed and confidence. Remember to keep your balance and always look ahead while riding. Is there anything else you would like to know about bike riding? Student. Thank you. This was really helpful. Can you tell me more about the different types of bikes? Teacher. Of course. There are various types of bikes designed for different purposes and terrains. Some common types include road bikes, mountain bikes, and city bikes. Road bikes are built for speed and are ideal for riding on smooth surfaces like paved roads. Mountain bikes, on the other hand, are more robust and equipped with features like suspension to handle rough terrains like dirt trails and mountains. City bikes, also known as commuter bikes, are designed for urban riding with a focus on comfort and practicality. They often come with features like fenders, racks, and lights. Each type of bike has its own unique features and is suited for specific riding conditions. Exploring different types of bikes can help you find one that best suits your needs and preferences. Remember to always wear your helmet and follow traffic rules while riding. Teacher. Good morning. How are you today? Student. Good morning. I'm doing well, thank you. How about you? Teacher. I'm great, thank you for asking. Today, let's talk about something important. Being a job seeker. 
Have you ever looked for a job or heard about it before? Student. Yes, I have heard about job seekers, but I'm not sure how to start looking for a job. Teacher. That's okay. Looking for a job can feel overwhelming at first, but with the right approach, it becomes more manageable. Let's learn more about being a job seeker together. Are you familiar with some job search terms or techniques? Student. I think I have heard about resumes and interviews, but I'm not sure about other things. Teacher. That's a good start. A resume is a document that summarizes your skills, education, and work experience. It's an important tool when applying for a job because it helps employers learn more about you. An interview is a meeting where you have a conversation with a potential employer. It gives them a chance to get to know you better and assess whether you're a good fit for the job. These are some essential aspects of being a job seeker. Can you repeat the words after me? Resume and interview? Student. Resume and interview. Teacher. Excellent job. Your pronunciation is perfect. Now, let's practice using these words in sentences. Can you create a sentence using the word resume? Student. I need to update my resume before applying for a job. Teacher. Wonderful. Your sentence is great. Now, let's learn some more vocabulary related to job seeking. The word cover letter refers to a letter or email that you send along with your resume when applying for a job. It introduces you to the employer, highlights your qualifications, and expresses your interest in the position. Can you repeat the word cover letter after me? Student. Cover letter. Teacher. Well done. Your pronunciation is spot on. Now, can you create a sentence using the word cover letter? Student. I wrote a cover letter to explain why I am interested in the job. Teacher. Fantastic. Your sentence is perfect. Writing a cover letter is an excellent way to showcase your enthusiasm and explain why you're a good fit for the job. Now, let's discuss some job-seeking tips. It's essential to start by identifying your skills, interests, and goals. This will help you narrow down the types of jobs you're interested in. Next, you can start searching for job openings online, in newspapers, or through networking. When applying for a job, make sure to customize your resume and cover letter to match the requirements of the position. It's also helpful to practice for interviews by preparing answers to common interview questions. Remember to dress professionally and present yourself confidently during interviews. Is there anything else you would like to know about being a job seeker? Student. Thank you. This was really informative. Can you tell me more about networking and how it can help in job searching? Teacher. Of course. Networking involves building connections and relationships with people in your industry or field of interest. It can be done through attending professional events, joining social or online communities, or reaching out to individuals for informational interviews. Networking is valuable because it allows you to learn from others, gain insights about job opportunities, and potentially receive referrals or recommendations. Building a strong professional network can open doors to hidden job opportunities and help you stand out among other job seekers. Remember to approach networking with a genuine interest in connecting with others and be open to sharing your own experiences and expertise. Teacher. Good morning. How are you today? Student. Good morning. I'm doing well, thank you. How about you? Teacher. I'm great, thank you for asking. Today, let's talk about renting a house. Have you ever rented a house or heard about it before? Student. Yes, I have heard about renting a house, but I'm not sure how it works. Teacher. That's okay. Renting a house is a common way to have a place to live without buying a property. Let's learn more about it together. Are you familiar with some terms or phrases related to renting a house? Student. I think I have heard about leases and security deposits, but I'm not sure about other things. Teacher. That's a good start. A lease is a legal agreement between a landlord, the person who owns the house, and a tenant, the person who rents the house. It outlines the terms and conditions of the rental, such as the duration of the lease, the amount of rent, and any rules or restrictions. A security deposit is a sum of money that the tenant pays up front as a guarantee against damages or unpaid rent. These are some essential aspects of renting a house. Can you repeat the words after me? Lease and security deposit?
Student. Lease and security deposit. Teacher. Excellent job. Your pronunciation is perfect. Now, let's practice using these words in sentences. Can you create a sentence using the word lease? Student. I signed a lease for one year to rent a house. Teacher. Wonderful. Your sentence is great. Now, let's learn some more vocabulary related to renting a house. The word landlord refers to the person who owns the house and rents it out to tenants. The landlord is responsible for maintaining the property and ensuring that the tenant's needs are met. Can you repeat the word landlord after me? Student. Landlord. Teacher. Well done. Your pronunciation is spot on. Now, can you create a sentence using the word landlord? Student. I spoke to the landlord about fixing the leak in the bathroom. Teacher. Fantastic. Your sentence is perfect. It's important to communicate with the landlord if there are any issues or repairs needed in the rented house. Now, let's discuss some tips for renting a house. It's essential to start by determining your budget and what you're looking for in a rental. You can search for available houses online, in newspapers, or through real estate agents. When visiting potential houses, make sure to check the condition of the property, including the appliances, plumbing, and electrical systems. It's also important to read the lease carefully and understand all the terms before signing it. Remember to ask questions if there's anything you don't understand. Is there anything else you would like to know about renting a house? Student. Thank you. This was really helpful. Can you tell me more about utilities and who is responsible for paying them? Teacher. Of course. Utilities refer to essential services such as electricity, water, gas, and internet. The responsibility for paying utilities can vary depending on the rental agreement. In some cases, the tenant is responsible for paying all the utilities directly to the service providers. In other cases, the landlord may include certain utilities in the rent, while the tenant is responsible for the rest. It's important to clarify this with the landlord and have a clear understanding of who will be responsible for paying the utilities before signing the lease. Teacher. Good morning. How are you today? Student. Good morning. I'm doing well, thank you. How about you? Teacher. I'm great, thank you for asking. Today, let's talk about living expenses. Have you heard about living expenses before? Student. Yes, I have heard about living expenses, but I'm not sure what it includes. Teacher. That's okay. Living expenses are the costs associated with daily life, such as housing, food, transportation, and other necessary expenses. Let's learn more about it together. Are you familiar with some terms or phrases related to living expenses? Student. I think I have heard about rent and groceries, but I'm not sure about other things. Teacher. That's a good start. Rent is the amount of money you pay to live in a house or apartment. It's a monthly payment made to the landlord. Groceries are the food and other household items you buy from a store. These are some essential aspects of living expenses. Can you repeat the words after me? Rent and groceries? Student. Rent and groceries. Teacher. Excellent job. Your pronunciation is perfect. Now, let's practice using these words in sentences. Can you create a sentence using the word rent? Student. I pay rent to my landlord every month. Teacher. Wonderful. Your sentence is great. Now, let's learn some more vocabulary related to living expenses. The word utilities refers to essential services like electricity, water, and gas that you need in your home. These services require payments, and they are part of your living expenses. Can you repeat the word utilities after me? Student. Utilities. Teacher. Well done. Your pronunciation is spot on. Now, can you create a sentence using the word utilities? Student. I need to budget for utilities like electricity and water. Teacher. Fantastic. Your sentence is perfect. It's important to include utilities in your budget when considering your living expenses. Now, let's discuss some tips for managing living expenses. It's essential to start by creating a budget and tracking your income and expenses. This will help you understand where your money is going and make necessary adjustments. 
When it comes to housing, consider your options carefully and choose a place that fits within your budget. Additionally, planning your meals and shopping wisely can help you save money on groceries. It's also important to prioritize your expenses and differentiate between needs and wants. Is there anything else you would like to know about living expenses? Student. Thank you. This was really helpful. Can you tell me more about transportation expenses and how I can save money on them? Teacher. Of course. Transportation expenses include costs related to getting around, such as fuel, public transportation fares, or car maintenance. To save money on transportation, consider using public transportation when possible, carpooling with others, or even walking or biking for short distances. Regular vehicle maintenance, such as checking tire pressure and getting regular oil changes, can help improve fuel efficiency and save money in the long run. It's also a good idea to plan your trips efficiently to minimize unnecessary driving. Remember, every small effort can add up to significant savings. Teacher. Good morning. How are you today? Student. Good morning. I'm doing well, thank you. How about you? Teacher. I'm great, thank you for asking. Today, let's talk about making money. Have you heard about making money before? Student. Yes, I have heard about making money, but I'm not sure how to do it. Teacher. That's okay. Making money means earning an income or finding ways to generate income. Let's learn more about it together. Are you familiar with some terms or phrases related to making money? Student. I think I have heard about jobs and salaries, but I'm not sure about other things. Teacher. That's a good start. A job is a task or occupation that you do to earn money. A salary is the fixed amount of money that you receive for your work, usually paid monthly. These are some essential aspects of making money. Can you repeat the words after me? Job and salary. Student. Job and salary. Teacher. Excellent job. Your pronunciation is perfect. Now, let's practice using these words and sentences. Can you create a sentence using the word job? Student. I am looking for a job to make money. Teacher. Wonderful. Your sentence is great. Now, let's learn some more vocabulary related to making money. The term income refers to the money you earn from various sources, such as your job or other ventures. It can include your salary, as well as any additional income you receive. Can you repeat the word income after me? Student. Income. Teacher. Well done. Your pronunciation is spot on. Now, can you create a sentence using the word income? Student. I have multiple sources of income to support my family. Teacher. Fantastic. Your sentence is perfect. It's important to have different sources of income to ensure financial stability. Now, let's discuss some ways to make money. One common way is to find a job or a part-time job. This can be in various fields such as retail, hospitality, or office work. Another option is to start a small business or provide services like tutoring, gardening, or pet sitting. Some people also make money by investing in stocks or real estate. It's important to find something you enjoy and are good at. Is there anything else you would like to know about making money? Student. Thank you. This was really helpful. Can you tell me more about budgeting and saving money? Teacher. Of course. Budgeting is the process of creating a plan for how you will spend your money. It involves setting aside money for your needs, such as housing, food, and utilities, and allocating some for your wants and savings. Saving money is the act of keeping money aside for future needs or emergencies. To budget and save money, it's important to track your expenses, prioritize your needs, and reduce unnecessary spending. You can also consider saving a fixed amount of your income each month. This way, you can build up a savings fund for unexpected expenses or future goals. Remember, it's always good to have some money saved for rainy days. Teacher. Good morning. How are you today? Student. Good morning. I'm doing well, thank you. How about you? Teacher. I'm great, thank you for asking. Today, let's talk about exercise. Have you heard about exercise before? Student. Yes, I have heard about exercise, but I'm not sure why it's important. 
Teacher. That's okay. Exercise is important for keeping our bodies healthy and strong. It involves physical activities that help improve our fitness and overall well-being. Let's learn more about it together. Are you familiar with some terms or phrases related to exercise? Student. I think I have heard about jogging and sports, but I'm not sure about other things. Teacher. That's a good start. Jogging is a type of exercise where you run at a slow and steady pace. Sports are physical activities that involve competition and teamwork. These are some essential aspects of exercise. Can you repeat the words after me? Jogging and sports. Student. Jogging and sports. Teacher. Excellent job. Your pronunciation is perfect. Now, let's practice using these words in sentences. Can you create a sentence using the word jogging? Student. I enjoy jogging in the park in the morning. Teacher. Wonderful. Your sentence is great. Now, let's learn some more vocabulary related to exercise. The word fitness refers to the state of being physically fit and healthy. It involves having good strength, endurance, and flexibility. Can you repeat the word fitness after me? Student. Fitness. Teacher. Well done. Your pronunciation is spot on. Now, can you create a sentence using the word fitness? Student. I go to the gym to improve my fitness and stay healthy. Teacher. Fantastic. Your sentence is perfect. It's important to engage in regular exercise to maintain your fitness and overall health. Now, let's discuss some benefits of exercise. Regular exercise can help improve your cardiovascular health, strengthen your muscles and bones, and boost your mood. It can also help with weight management and reduce the risk of certain diseases. It's recommended to engage in at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise or 75 minutes of vigorous intensity exercise per week. Is there anything else you would like to know about exercise? Student. Thank you. This was really helpful. Can you tell me more about different types of exercises and how to get started? Teacher. Of course. There are many types of exercises you can try, depending on your interests and fitness level. Some examples include walking, cycling, swimming, dancing, or doing yoga. It's important to choose activities that you enjoy, as it will make it easier to stay motivated. To get started, you can begin by setting small goals, such as going for a 30-minute walk three times a week. You can gradually increase the duration and intensity of your workouts as you become more comfortable. It's also important to warm up before exercising and cool down afterward to prevent injuries. Remember, consistency is key when it comes to exercise. Even small amounts of physical activity can make a difference in your overall health. Teacher. Good morning. How are you today? Student. Good morning. I'm doing well, thank you. How about you? Teacher. I'm great, thank you for asking. Today, let's talk about hiking. Have you heard about hiking before? Student. Yes, I have heard about hiking, but I'm not sure what it means. Teacher. That's okay. Hiking is a popular outdoor activity that involves walking in nature, usually on trails or in mountains. It's a great way to enjoy the beauty of nature and get some exercise at the same time. Let's learn more about it together. Are you familiar with some terms or phrases related to hiking? Student. I think I have heard about trails and hiking boots, but I'm not sure about other things. Teacher. That's a good start. Trails are paths or routes that are specifically designed for hiking. Hiking boots are special shoes that provide good support and traction when walking on uneven terrain. These are some essential aspects of hiking. Can you repeat the words after me? Trails and hiking boots. Student. Trails and hiking boots. Teacher. Excellent job. Your pronunciation is perfect. Now, let's practice using these words in sentences. Can you create a sentence using the word trails? Student. I enjoy exploring new trails in the mountains. Teacher. Wonderful. Your sentence is great. Now, let's learn some more vocabulary related to hiking. The word backpack refers to a bag that you wear on your back to carry your belongings during a hike. It's important to pack essential items like water, snacks, a map, and extra clothing in your backpack. 
Can you repeat the word backpack after me? Student. Backpack. Teacher. Well done. Your pronunciation is spot on. Now, can you create a sentence using the word backpack? Student. I always carry a backpack with me when I go hiking. Teacher. Fantastic. Your sentence is perfect. It's important to be prepared and have the necessary items when going on a hike. Now, let's discuss some benefits of hiking. Hiking not only allows you to connect with nature but also provides various health benefits. It helps improve cardiovascular fitness, builds strength and endurance, and can even boost your mood. Hiking also offers the opportunity to explore new places, see beautiful landscapes, and discover different types of plants and wildlife. Is there anything else you would like to know about hiking? Student. Thank you. This was really helpful. Can you tell me more about safety precautions when hiking? Teacher. Of course. Safety is very important when hiking. Here are some key precautions to keep in mind. First, make sure to check the weather forecast before you go hiking, and avoid hiking in bad weather conditions. It's also important to wear appropriate clothing and footwear for the terrain and weather conditions. Additionally, let someone know about your hiking plans, including the trail you will be taking and your estimated return time. Take plenty of water and snacks with you to stay hydrated and energized during the hike. Lastly, it's important to stay on the designated trails and follow any safety guidelines or warnings. Remember, always prioritize your safety and enjoy the beauty of nature responsibly.